Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about online gaming, but I don't know what, what's it called? <laughs> Roll20 and other VTTs. I don't know what that VTT thing stands Virtual for. Virtual tabletop. Uh, I don't mean to sound silly sometimes, but sometimes I don't know what he means. Roll20 is what I use for online games. I've been using it, I don't know, six years or something like that. This is true. And Jolene has watched me do it over the years. I've watched him. Gaming be, with my friends and my brother. Who I've have. watched him in his frustration sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it is. A, yeah, it is. It is something you have to learn how to do, right? Right. As a GM, as a player, not so much. But definitely as a GM, there's a learning curve to almost any time a virtual tabletop you use. To me, there's only two that I know have used. One is Roll20. And the other one is Fantasy Grounds. So that doesn't mean there's there aren't others out there. It just means Saul hasn't used them. Right, correct. So why do people need virtual tabletops, Saul? Well, uh, unfortunately for us, sometimes gamers, if we played since we were young, in our teens, you know, people do grow up. Well, the alternative is they don't, which is not good. But people tend to grow up and, you know, they find jobs in different towns or different states they get married they follow you know their spouse will get a job outside of work outside the state or whatever but you know your gamer friends from high school even college disperse across you know wherever you live wherever you live a few years ago my friend mike moved to oregon my brother sort of joined him in washington another friend i know lives in texas I'm in San Jose, and I have another friend who lives in my, pretty close to my hometown down in Monterey. So how would we game together? It would be, what, play by mail, play by post. That's very old school where you mail each other. Well, I guess you could use the Internet to mail each other, like, by email. But people used to play by post, which is like they would, you know, literally put a, a letter in the mail. If you don't know what post means, it's where you write a letter and send it through the mail. It's called snail mail instead snail of email. Mail. It's not yeah. actually called snail mail. That's just what they call it. Right. That's probably before many people's time. Yes. That's even, well, I've, I've tried it and usually the game falls apart really easy because, you know, people don't have the time or whatever. But VTT kind of solves kind of certain, that distance problem, right? There's a, vir a virtual tabletop. For me, the way I utilize it is, at least on Roll20, it's a, a whiteboard that everybody can see, everybody can share. And, you know, you could, write, you know, like scribble notes on it, write, draw things on there, you know, put little X's where your characters are. And, and you could have a, like a battle mat, like a, a battle mat you would write on a, you know, those vinyl battle mats with uh, water-based water ink pens. But it wouldn't actually be vinyl. It would be virtual vinyl. Yes, virtual vinyl. And virtual pens. So Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds do a little bit more than that. They have integrated character sheets where it looks like a paper character sheet. And next to it, at least on Roll20, there's a little there's a little icon. Uh, usually in, in the game, it's a, it looks like a 20-sided die. And you click on that, or yeah, you click on it with your mouse... And it will make those roles for you, whether it's a, a, a tribute role or it's a skill that you have. And and so that, that is automated. And But you don't have to do that, right? You, you, can, you can use your, you could trust your, your players and have them roll at the, 
at their home and just tell you what the results are. So, you know, so there's all kinds of things that are implemented in virtual tabletops that make it easier to play a role-playing game over a long distance. So the difference between Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds, usually people always discuss, well, which one's better? Which one should I get? Which one should I utilize? Which one should I learn? Because they're both a little bit of learning curve on each one. When I went on to Reddit, to because oh, yes. a lot of my research starts on Google and it takes me to Reddit for you gamer it people. On the inner tubes. No, dear. <laughs> uh, a lot of people have a lot of questions about how difficult it is to use Roll20. A lot of people have technical difficulties. Yes. And I didn't look at the other one. What's it called? Fantasy Grounds. Fantasy Grounds. But I'm assuming they probably have the same issues. Technical stuff like, like, you know, how do I make the walls do this, or how do I get to the maps that I want? Oh, how to use the actual, how to use the actual program, right. not just the. And then you also, I know that Saul and his compadres have a lot of issues with the connectivity issues. Yes, which is each person because it is virtual, right? Each person has their own computer right. in their own place and they have their own connectivity to the internet so now in 2019 almost 2020 it's a lot easier back in six years ago um, when Felipe was in Salinas it was a little bit harder because his internet wasn't very it was spotty-ish or it was the connection didn't it seemed like he had a lot of issues with it yeah I mean it can be a little bit finicky it all depends on how good your connection is Depending on who your internet service provider is, and, and now, where you live, now it doesn't. Deter yeah, now almost everybody has what is it? Uh, almost everybody has really good internet yeah, now with Wi-Fi and stuff. And people are. I mean, we went to the mall yesterday because it's almost Christmas time and there's a lot of shopping to be done. It's all. It's all. Do you, Do you see these guys? They're here playing. They're sitting in the middle of the mall. They got their. I, I would say jacked in, but. That's they got their their plugs in their plugs in with their phones going and their computers going. They're using the free Wi-Fi to play games. Yeah, one guy was quite at home too. He took off his shoes and I told saw that they're there all had the time. Their feet up on an ottoman. I'm like, yeah, that's a little bit too comfort for me in public with their big old feet sticking out. Well, they put all those chairs in the middle of the mall oh, for you to sit down and get comfortable. Yeah, I did see some people sleeping. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the internet <laughs> is a lot better than it, it was even yes. six years ago. Yes. Yeah, definitely. You know, the thing is, is that Roll Twenty is the good thing about it. That well, depending on how you look at it, it's web based, right? So it, it just just works. There's nothing to download. You go to the to the web to sign on to the website, and you can play. You can play for free even, and run a game for free as a GM, which is pretty cool because then you can play. Run a, you know, if you only run one or two games, I think they allow you to have two campaigns. You can run that those games online as long as you want and not pay a single thing. So why is there a charge on one of the credit cards every month for four ninety nine that well, says roll twenty on it? Well, like I said, okay, so that the free is limited, right? There's there's some bells and whistles that are not included, like in, more campaigns, like more campaigns, right? So, so how many campaigns do you have on roll twenty? Well, I have like twelve. So there's quite a. This doesn't a, surprise me. A lot of them are not. I, I, a lot of them I just set up because people said they were interested in running the game. So I made a you know actual campaign. You know, I set up you know what system we're using. I put a picture and and called it. Uh, you know, gave it a, a title. And when you set up a campaign, you you decide what kind of character sheet you're going to use. 
and that's it you know so so it's there if i ever want to run a game but i actually play or run or utilize i'd say about five or six of those campaigns i have set up you know i'm running uh i've run feng shui on it i've run weird uh not weird west it is the weird west weird war no uh deadlands deadlands yes deadlands D D, mutant chronicles so that's at least four right there. And that other one, Coriolis or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, Coriolis. Coriolis. Sorry, I apologize. Uh, yeah. And, oh, <laughs> and Paladin. That's uh, that's six right there. So that's pretty cool that you could have as many campaigns and as many character sheets, you know, as many characters, you know, as you want. And that's pretty neat. Well, and at- four ninety nine a month, I'm sure there's a bigger price one because I know you don't have the most expensive one. Yeah, right? this is one that I forget what, what you get with the more expensive one but that's only sixty dollars a year that you're paying so right. that's not bad for a service that they play almost they say they they play every other friday night but they really play almost every friday night unless somebody has something going on so well i originally thought it was gonna be every friday night but the um uh, the players get really excited about playing including me and they go let's play next friday i go yeah sure if friday night we can play unless jolene gives me the, the eyeball the stink eye the stink eye and Ixnay on that A. But, yeah, usually we, you know, we'll play, we'll play runs, right? We'll play, you know, three weeks in a row, then we will skip a week. And then at times, you know, our schedules just did not match up and we were, like, really busy. Summertime can sometimes be hard because people will do vacations and stuff. But yeah. it's a great tool, like, if your friends live across the country, which obviously Sols are spread out now, mostly. It's not like when 20 years ago when people were all, Sort within yeah. within 60-ish miles of each other. Right. And, and you could drive to the people's houses and yeah. and play into the wee hours of the morning. Correct. Now they do it online. Right. Why utilize these, right? You know, the good will outweigh the bad for me. So when you have friends that you no longer live near you, you could play with them. And it's, sure, it's not, a, it's not like playing face-to-face, you know. And you might... If you've never tried it, you might think, well, you know, it doesn't look like it'd be fun for me or whatever. You know, Jolene had never used it, had never tried it. And she just recently started a paladin campaign, which is pretty cool. But what what I think what she was kind of surprised or maybe not surprised, but she seemed surprised is that she really liked it. Right. She really was there. You know, she was running the game and talking to our friends and interacting with them and then when she got off she goes that was really neat that was really fun it was like i was really talking to them you know of course you're really talking to them but you know that 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 distance kind of disappears when you're able to see them you know because everybody not everybody but most of us have a camera and you can hear them and it just it does give you that experience that table-like experience that you would have normally you know it's not quite the same but it really does make it seem like you're playing. Well, you are playing with your friends, and I think it, that's it was it a really, it was a really fun thing for me. Yeah. Saul has been since pa- since he got the Paladin book has been asking me to please run him an adventure, and I'm like, okay, okay, I'll look at it. And then he's like, I really want you to run me an adventure. I go, okay, okay, I'll look at it. And then I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember, I don't remember her being that that uh, hard to convince. Once she figured it out, it was about. So I looked at the book and I'm like, oh, oh I, I, I know this. I can do this. So I'm like, okay, I'll run a new adventure. 
I go, can we do it with uh, with our with uh, your brother and, and our friend? And that way, because that way I don't have to, it won't be as stressful for me. So he goes, sure. So he talked to them and they're like, okay. And then all of a sudden they're like emailing me. I'm usually on the, the email and they're, they're emailing me and they're like, when are we doing it? So I was all set, set it up to do it. And he goes, I got you. I made you a GM on roll 20 and all this other stuff. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means, but I'll try it. So I just worked on getting my adventure ready, which was easy because it was a, well, it wasn't easy because it was a pre-written adventure. I have never run a pre-written adventure before and as in a module kind of thing. But it was it was it was fun. Um, Roll twenty was pretty amazing. It's interesting. You they use the Roll twenty thing on the computer, but they also talk to each other on Skype. So right. you can, and I'm not sure exactly why. I think it has to do with the connectivity and the everybody being able to hear right. each other and stuff like that. Yeah. So connectivity is always a problem if you talk to anybody who's played any length of time online using Roll twenty or. I don't, I'm not sure about Fantasy Grounds, but Roll20 definitely. Because, well, because sometimes there's technical difficulties, right? And, like, it's funny because, you know, when you first start, let's say you add another person to the group or somebody who hasn't played before, there'll be these there'll be these situations where, like, three people will be able to hear each other, but a fourth won't. Or a fourth will be able to hear two of the other people, but not one of the people. And it'll, it'll be, like, a mixed match of... I can hear you, you can hear me, but Tom can't hear me, and Jim can hear both of us, but not Tom, and it's it gets crazy, right? So a lot of that is just technical difficulty of everybody's different computer and how they have it set up, you know, how they're how they're set up at home. Uh, unfortunately, you know, sometimes you know, just things get messed up, and and you have to deal with that. Roll Twenty has a camera and voice uh, utilization in, embedded into their into what into their software system. or system, and when when we first joined, it worked really good, but there was only like two hundred thousand people registered and playing games, and not obviously not at the same time that we were, because not everybody plays on the same time or on the same day. But then their numbers were like hit, went through the roof. They they have over a million users, and so connectivity problems, you know, kind of went up, went up and up and up, and problems with you know those kind of problems. So I think basically they don't have enough. They didn't have enough. Uh, what is it? Bandwidth. Bandwidth and not enough, enough servers. Or you went on at a time when there were a lot of people, so their right. server were being their yeah, servers we, were being pinged. We play every couple right. seconds. We play Friday night. Friday night, which is probably a pretty busy. a lot of people play on yeah. the West Coast. So so we're dealing with people who play really late in the East Coast and a bunch of people who play on the West Coast, right? So that was an issue. So they understood that and it. They kept talking about how many servers they were using and, and buying and whatever. And then they changed their, their system. So they have a legacy, which is the old style. Then they have the new one. I forget what it's called. But one of our players, when we went to the new system, their system wouldn't work. It wouldn't, you know, he couldn't connect. He couldn't hear half of us. You know, it just didn't work. So we tried using the legacy and then it just basically they stopped supporting that. So they stopped working on it. And so it doesn't sound very good, and sometimes you don't hear each other, and, and you have a lot of dropouts and stuff. So we moved to Discord, but again, one of our players had a problem with Discord. Couldn't figure out why. So we moved to Skype. Skype seems to work pretty easy on, you know, people don't have to have a whiz-bang computer, it seems like. You know, Grandma can use it, so. Uh, except for 
my mother. Our grandmother for, yeah. For, for my son. She refuses. Together. It's all that newfangled technology. Yes. So Skype works, and it, you know, it obviously doesn't need a lot of bandwidth. It works on slow computers, older computers, and and the connect connectivity. And where you are, where you issue. have your computer, if right. you're not actually set up, hooked into the internet, if you're you doing it from Wi-Fi somewhere or something. Yes. Yeah. Right. So my suggestion would be that you, if you want to start your game at seven, you make sure a bunch of people get there at six thirty, so you can all figure out your your. If it's your first time. Yeah. Well, even if it's not your first time, because sometimes these guys get on and they say that we're going to start playing at seven and Saul's sitting there at the at the computer and everyone's while he goes, yes, I hear you. No, I can't see him. Yes, I hear you. No, I don't know. I don't know if he's there or not. And I'm like going, oh, my goodness. But that, like I said, once you once you figure it out once, usually it's not a problem. And it wasn't a problem this last time. Oh, no, it was it was it was hilarious, though. So. We were doing it so since I was running the game, Saul was sitting behind me at the table. Oh, and in our little our little uh, dining room, living room area, and which was funny because like I don't know why I had why I was sitting so close to my wife because I because we have Wi-Fi and there was no reason for me to be so close to her. But it was it was pretty funny. Our friends got on and and one of them saw Saul. Is he there? Can he? Is he? Can he hear us? Oh, yes. Or can I hear him? And like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And they were just kidding, of course, because it was pretty funny. Yeah, I've done that to them where I just stop moving and stare, and they're like, "Oh, it looks like soft froze." And I'm like, and I couldn't help myself. I start laughing. But yeah, so so connectivity is, is an issue sometimes, and you should. But you, you can know, figure it out. You, usually, it's real simple to figure it out. Like I said, there's workarounds. For, uh, I've I've not tried. We have we, our group has not tried the new uh, non-legacy uh, video and voice integration w- with Roll Twenty. So if you have a newer computer, everybody has pretty good connection to the internet. I'm sure that'll work good for you. But like I said, I haven't tried it. But it was a lot of fun. I had never touched it the program and uh, I looked at it and I'm like, I have no clue and two days to figure out what I'm doing. So I said, all I said was, can I put, can, can you, can I put some maps on it? Can I upload them? And so Saul showed me how to do it. So I got them all on there and then he helped me a little bit because with that. And then once I figured out that you could make them bigger, smaller, all that stuff, I, I, it took me a while. I had to ask him a couple questions. I got them on there, but they looked funny. So he fixed it for me. So it's a little. It does take a little time to learn those kind there of things. There is a little bit of a learning curve, yes. But like anything else, there's a learning curve. And they all have their little tokens, which are their pictures of themselves. With this, you can so you can have a battle, just like you are on a battle mat, a simulation. But I didn't have enough time to play with the program, and I didn't want to come off as if I had no clue as to what I was doing. So <laughs> I made him do mostly theater of the mind. I just put the the battle mat, at, I mean the mats, and the with the with the where they were in a village or right. in the forest, right. And so, these guys are pretty good because they're all GMs. So, and Paladin is an interesting system because you you say what you're gonna do. Everybody says what they're gonna do before anybody does anything. So they kind of the 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 players kind of I don't want to say feed off each other, but they one person says says something really good, and then so then the other people are like oh, and then they really get into it, and then you have the the actual battle. And I found it interesting the rolling dice online yes. because everybody was, you could see it on the side of the screen, right? Yes. There's a, a column where it shows the dice and it was a paladin is a, I guess the basic way that it runs is the same way as Pendragon runs. Right. So 
they hadn't played Pendragon for a while. And, and so Saul's brother and Saul and our friend were looking up the rules as we were going. Because Felipe really knows the system, but he hadn't done it for a little while. Right. And yeah, I think our last game was in 2017. So and that was in real life. So it was it was pretty good in real life, huh? Yes. So it was it was really interesting. It was just like it was just like being at a table with them because everybody's trying to figure out what they need to roll, what you know, all that kind of stuff. It was really nice to have to play with them. And I told Saul afterwards that it was just like being in the same room with them because I could hear everything in their rooms right as they're going <laughs> along. So it was nice. And since I already know them and I've known them for you know thirty years or so. It's pretty exciting to be able to spend the evening with people, even though they're not in the same room as you. Yeah, I think I think once you, you know, get into it and you're playing, the distance, you know, I hate to sound like a Hallmark commercial, but the distance fades away, right? You know, it really does because you're there and playing with, and you're in the moment, and you're you know you're, you're fighting dragons, sh- flying spaceships, or whatever your particular game is, and. And you're and you if you can, can get immersed and everything, you know you're just paying attention to the game. It's like you're you're in your own little space at the table, and you can see your friends' faces on the camera and you can hear them, and it just you're like there. It's, it really does it really does mimic playing at the table for me. And and I think you know for most people who who miss playing with their friends, who miss playing with their friends who are now you know living far away, I think it's a really good way to do it. Not only that, it opens up the whole gaming community to, you can probably, I know you've said that you can find games on Rule 20 to play. I read that that, that people have interesting experiences doing that. Um, <laughs> Rule 20 says, you know, do you want to publish your adventure, you know, you know, for other people to play? Now, I've never done that because I obviously have friends that already want to play. and But if, like, my friends didn't want to play a particular game or had no interest, you know, I forget, I don't know what, but or on a different day that we all couldn't meet, then you could, you know, put it up for, for the public. And people will, you know, I've never done it, but people will contact you saying, I want to play or whatever. But a lot of people who do this a lot, they say you should you should post it somewhere, like you know, in a Facebook group or MeWe group or whatever you have, and talk, and I'm using air quotes on that, you know, interact with that person and see if you think that personality-wise it's a good fit. Because, you know, there's some people out there that don't play well together, right? You know, something irks irks you about another person, whether their mannerisms, their the way they talk, and and there's there's trolls out there. There's people who are not real nice people, and you know, some people can be very sexist or racist or whatever. And you know, you you, you don't have to look far on the internet to find horror stories of, of people misbehaving online. So. Just be careful. Know that. So th- it's like it's like running a game at a convention. You don't know who's going to show up at your table. Right. But in this case, you ha- you have the ability to pick who you want to play at your table. Right. Right. And so you can turn them idea. off. Yes, you could. Well, one, you don't invite them to your game, yeah. right? So what what happens is usually people say, "Well, email me. You know what, what type of game you like to play." You know, that's easy. You know, I like to play really hardcore simulation games. And then somebody else goes, well, I like to play more of a theater mind, not too worried about the crunch and stuff like that. So then you then it'd be a better fit for you. And during that, during those kind of exchanges, then you can figure out if this person is would be a good fit for your game. Now, I've tried playing. I've played online with uh, a few people. I was in this. I am in a group called the One Shot Group on Facebook. And I played in a couple games and the 
And the GM was really good. He was a really nice guy. And if he would run any game in the future, I would love to play in his games because he's really, you know, he's a really good GM. And he's a really good online GM. So it's really neat. So there's people out there who are really good at running games and they're really nice. And so, you know. So it opens up the possibilities if you have moved somewhere away from your friends or if your friends can't play on Friday nights or somebody works on Saturday or there's there's a whole new a whole new world of for you to explore of right. games that you might get into or play right so we, we did talk, I, we just mentioned fantasy grounds so the, what's the difference right for me the difference is fantasy grounds is a one-time buy you buy it you pay for it and then that's it you know you don't have to pay every month there's no what is it subscription fee and and I think I don't know I think well, players can play but you could only have uh, so many players at your table, but uh, everybody has to have a license or something. But anyway, but the, the important thing, the important thing is that Fantasy Grounds is a software, right? You have to download their software, and then you gotta download the you gotta download the rule set. And so they support just a few rules. They support, for example, they obviously D and D. Pathfinder and other games, but if you play an obscure game or, or dead game, let's, let's say Paladin, or Paladin's uh, not obscure or dead. Well, a new game, a brand new game, Paladin, which you know the following may not be as huge as D and D, obviously, uh, or or an obscure game like Rifts. Rifts is kind of not, not obscure, but it's an old game, or or anything, or some old game like for me, I played Space Hopper. Right, if I go to Fantasy Grounds. They don't have space opera rules on Fantasy Grounds. One, fantasy, well, it's not a dead company, but almost. It's barely publishing anything. Mainly just keep it alive by, you can download stuff. Anyway, so on Roll20, there's a, you know, people make their character sheets, which is a huge part of the game, which makes it, you know, for me, it, it makes the game run easier and smoother. And like Jolene said, when you see the, when people roll the dice it's you know everybody can roll the dice in their own home you know you know physically roll the dice and tell the gm what they got but it's really neat to see that the a result on the on the screen of what somebody rolled especially if it's a critical situation right oh, I, I really need to hit this guy or i really need to you know make this a skill roll and and it's like exciting when somebody goes makes it or doesn't make it right so it's on both sides like oh you know like oh man i just got you know Jousted off my horse, unhorsed, and I'm now in the ground in the mud, and everybody's laughing, right? It's always yeah. more exciting when everybody can see the dice roll, right? And everybody, everybody gets that. Everybody gets what the the the, res, the result at the same time. It's like, oh, <laughs> you know, you get those situations where where people are pulling for you to to succeed, and you know, it matters if you fail, right? So, so there's that, you know, there's that element like everybody looking around the table, watching you roll these dice, and everybody sees the result. Well, you get that res- you get that effect when you're rolling online using the dice roller. Now, some people don't like these logarithms about how the it calculates the die roll and stuff like that. Now, I'm not a math genius, and never took statistics, so I can really care less. But it doesn't matter if the dice are virtual or you're rolling them. Sometimes they're going to be against you, <laughs> and sometimes they're going to be with you. If you don't know what I mean, you don't roll very many dice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I told the story of we're playing uh, Tales from the Loop, and Bay had an eight-die pool of six-sided dice. Now, in, if you don't know, in the system is you have to roll six to succeed. One, that's all you need. So he rolls eight six-sided dice. I think the chances are pretty cool that he's going to ra- roll 
eight, at least much one. better unless he unless he has one. So die. he rolls and he doesn't get a single six. So there's a special getting a part of the game where he can collect all his dice and take a take a uh, a point somewhere. Yeah, take a I forget what it's called off the top of my head. So he gets all those eight dice and he gets to reroll them all because he gets to reroll all the ones that didn't succeed. And since he didn't succeed on any, he picks up all eight and he rolls them again. And he didn't get a single six. So now we're like all stunned. You like, might think this is unusual, but it happens more <laughs> often than you think. Especially if you play Shadowrun. You can have a big pool of dice. And you can sometimes only get one six. And, and the and the GM says you have to get three successes. Right. And in Shadowruns, it's fives and sixes. Fives and sixes. So and it's sometimes, you know, you're rolling 17 dice. And sometimes you don't get a five or a six. Which is totally amazing. So... Rolling it online or rolling it in person, I think, is probably about the same. Right. And there might be some dice programs or rhythm. rhythm oh yeah, you can roll, programs you, that yeah, that can. don't work very good, but I oh. it seemed pretty. The the roll twenty one was pretty cool, and it was really nice because paladin, you have a skill or a, whatever they are skill. skill, and you just have to roll under it. Oh, and if the, you the, hit the it, trait. yeah, a trait. Oh, so, passion. Uh, so if you hit it you have a critical success. If you roll under it, you have a success. If you roll over it, you don't have a success. Right. So it was pretty good, but we had to figure out all of the different, you get extra points for different things, or you right. get to add stuff to your die. And so we had to figure that out, which was interesting. And it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Because you never know. And then and then these guys didn't make their rolls quite a bit. So it was pretty funny. Yeah. What's interesting is the what I like about Roll20 is that a lot of the character sheets are made by not by Roll20, but by fans, right? And there's a lot of fans out there or fans of the system who are very, you know, tech-savvy, right? So they, they they make a character. And I don't know how hard it is to program these character sheets. I have no idea. You can use what they call them when those... You would those... just use an Excel kind of like program and just... Well, it's an Excel. Yeah. They use... Uh, I forget what they call it. But anyway. You just use a formula. Yes. So that if, if you have a trade and you have this, you can add the... Right, right, right. It's okay, babe. Yes, Just keep my going. brain is, is melting. Because of that, because there's a lot of gamers out there who have a varied, uh, varied interest. There are, I would say, hundreds of games available with the character. Character sheet is the main thing, because that's what kind of runs the game. But like I said, you don't need a character sheet to play. Oh, and you guys were using Pendragon character sheets, and you had to figure out right. it didn't have exactly the same traits and right. stuff. Right. Right. Exactly. That was so. In Paladin is brand new. It just came out. A couple months ago, uh, it was a Kickstarter, and so nobody's developed a character sheet for it. But we use, like Jolene said, we use the Pendragon character sheet, which is almost identical, but it has a little bit, the skills a little bit different. So, but it let, uh, but it allows you to modify, it, right? Or it lets you add skills. So we just added skills of the ones that we needed, and boom, it worked. And perfectly. if they didn't do it perfectly on on the when they rolled, they just added or subtracted from the roll. Yeah, because we're I, all sitting there, right I think there. It worked pretty well. It did. It worked yeah. really well. But what I'm saying is that there's all kinds of obscure games on there. There's if you just like when you when you start the campaign, it says what kind of character sheet do you want to use. So you click on this, like you click on it, and it, a little window pops up, and you can just scroll, 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 and there's all kinds of all kinds of role playing game that people make, and then they they share it with the community, and then everybody can use that character sheet. So really what you need to know is if you're going to use Roll20 or any other one, what's the other one? Fantasy Grounds. You're going to have to take a little bit of time just to learn the program. Yes. Or the software, whatever right. it is. And But that's with anything, right? 
you guys spend a lot of time reading your gaming books <laughs> and figuring out what you're going to do anyway. So it's, this shouldn't be too hard. Right. Well, what I like about fa- well, Fantasy Girls, what I like about Roll20 is that it can be as easy or as, as complicated as you want. Because you could have uh, uh, maps or you know, show maps on the screen and have icons and you can have Fog of War where your map as a GM shows you the complete map where and you can dictate by either dragging or dropping or making or you know making areas of you know you just, you make areas with your mouse and you can make those visible to the players as the, as their tokens move across the board and players can control their tokens right they can actually grab their token and move it around and that's fog of war and then, and the, if you pay if you pay for the monthly subscription you also get dynamic lighting which means like as a token moves on the board they can you know, let's say it's a dungeon, they can only see as far as you dictate, like, you know, 60 feet, and then it only light up that much, and as they move, as they move the token, it lights up where, like, if you have a torch kind of thing, and those are pretty neat. It takes a little time to the map to dynamic light your map, but but for people who like dungeon crawling and like that kind of experience, they'll do it, and it's, you know, a fairly easy, and once you get to figure out how to do it, then it's easy every it time. It gets easier and faster and faster. But it still works. So it all depends on how much work as a GM you want to you know utilize. So so real, you know, die hard fans, you know, if you go on on YouTube and look at what people have done, it's amazing and it, they, the maps look fantastic. Or you could be use my method, right? I just That's have a whiteboard. That's the seat of the pants method. I have a whiteboard. You know, okay, the monster's here, and it's a big, ugly monster, and I scribble it, drawing it with my mouse. And uh, and you are here. X1 is, uh, is you, Tom. Uh, W3 is you, Mike. And Chris, you're over here at, the, you know, H1. And just tell me what you're going to do. And from there, it's all theater of mind and, and what's going on. So, like I said, it's as easy as or as hard as you want to make it. Although I did have a one problem Uh-oh. trying to... When I pointed at my computer screen, nobody knew what I was doing. <laughs> so I actually had to use my mouse. Oh, physically. And, yes. and one of them goes, you got to click it here because I can't see what you're doing. And then I moved the map. You can have different maps and, oh, yeah. and you have to move the little player icon to put out so that so everybody else can see the map that you're yeah. on. As a GM, you, you could set up as many maps or battle you know, battle maps. Or encounters or, or whatever. Or encounter maps or whatever. Yeah. You can have real maps like big you know like nation maps or village maps or whatever and every map you know you just you just drag and drop and and put them in the in the uh, into the system and then at the very top of the screen there's this little ribbon that says players so as a gm you click that little ribbon and move it to whatever map you want to share with everybody else so jolene was talking about you know and it happens to everybody who runs the game on on roll 20 your gm Change look because you could change the map without moving the players to it. So the the GM is looking at his map. He's talking about, and everybody's going, uh, "We don't see that." And my brother-in-law goes, "You got to move the ribbon." And I go, <laughs> "I'm all I'm sitting there and I'm like, what's the ribbon?" And then Saul's all the little red ribbon I showed you, and I'm like, "Okay, I got it." Yes, so yes. It was pretty funny. It was it was interesting. So it's not that hard if I can do it with the help of my friends. Then. I think anybody can do it. Yes. And and she did. I mean, literally, it was the day of, right, that you're going to run the game that I showed you? Was it the day before? You showed me the day before. And then the day of, I go, can you make them look better? Because they were all, like, embedded or something. They were oh, like, yeah. So. Yeah, there's a, little bit of, there's a little bit of learning curve about maps, token layers, map layers, GM layers. 
and all that you know if you go to they have a tutorial but but i really didn't have time, time to go through yes. the tutorial so i was relying on my husband yes. to help me with that so. yes. but he did he got the maps looking normal and and, and I haven't really utilized the Roll20 to where it could be used because I'm a lazy GM. And to me, <laughs> the maps maps are one of the most important things because then people know where they are. Yes. And if people don't know where they are and can't orientate themselves, yes. it's a lot harder to have a battle or to to find whatever you're looking for. It just makes it easier, in my opinion. And right. Because I, I like knowing where I am and I right. like maps. And I think when I drive, I kind of drive with a map in my head. And No, I drive with... Uh, Location. He looks at at trees and stuff, and yeah. so so it's a different kind of personality style. So so it was it was really good for me, and I knew that these guys I was playing with these guys are GMs forever, and they they do all kinds of stuff anyway. So theater of the mind is not a hard thing for them. No. So I just gave them the map, and then I just told them what was happening, and let them go from there. I think Roll Twenty and Fantasy Grounds allow you to play with friends that you don't can't usually play. There's all kinds of reasons why people don't want to play, right? There's, you know, I'll just run run off the list. People are too far away. Problem solved. Uh, I don't have. I don't like to deal with traffic. You stay go home. Uh, I don't like getting dressed. Well, playing that's your, silly because I hope you're gonna get dressed. Playing your pajamas. You know, like get dressed to get, go somewhere. Oh, okay. You know, you're not in your comfy sweatpants and and pajamas. You could and you could play in sweatpants and pajamas. Just don't um, turn on your camera if you got sweatpants on and don't want people to see them. About sweatpants. Uh, another one is oh well, you know my house is unclean or unkempt. I gotta tidy up. You don't have to work. Nope, you don't have to do that. So it really solves a lot of problems uh, or barriers toward playing with people. Solves a lot of those problems you have in your head. <laughs> Well, no, some people do have those. No, no I totally no, understand. I'm they don't want to drive in traffic, you know, no matter how far it some is. Some people are going in traffic. Yes. They don't live in the Bay Area. So. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, in a huge city. It's 30 minutes to go anywhere. It really solves a lot of gamer problems along those lines. And I and I think if, you, if you're careful and you're, you know, you, you are, are adventurous, you can play, you know, you know, throw your hat out there either as a player or as a GM. You can find a game, and more importantly, you can find a, a game that you want to play. Because there's, you know, if you look, uh, they used to list quarterly how many gamers and what different types of games are run on Roll Twenty, and it is a huge list. Of course, you know D and D is huge at the top, and it goes down quite a bit. But you'll find, you know, they'll list oh, there's 216 Dresden Files games. There's, you know, 113 Feng Shui games, and so you know, and it goes down by. You know, World of Darkness, you know, almost any game that you can conceive, you know, is on their, you know, simple system, which is kind of a little game system. Some, you know, I, the guy who created was at, at a local con a few years ago, and it's there, and there's character sheets for it. So, so if you haven't tried it, you should try it. <clears throat> if you have friends, you should get together with them and set up your, com- your, your communications so you can have fun when you do it and if you're looking for a new game i'm sure that everybody has the same problems with the connectivity issues so because you know we're people (laughs) so go have fun right learn it look at it find a game to play on it yes playing is not as as easier than jamming but if you have a problem there's plenty of tutorials there to whatever problem you're having with so hopefully this is helpful hopefully it's helpful yes so this is gaming perspectives with saul and jolene Have a great day. Have a great day.